1: Welcome in everybody. It is the big and wild outdoors in the studio today, with a borrowed uh, pair of headphones that are driving me insane. I'm used to having my old Sony's, man, for a thousand years. And uh what is all? Why are you guys? Why? Why am it's I? It's Christmas
2: already. Why it's am the, I getting
1: all the food down at this end of the table?
0: Because you're a growing boy.
2: Because you said you wasn't feeling too good. I'm trying morning. to I'm trying, trying to give you something to help fight the battle.
1: I'm trying to finish my Dr Pepper.
2: <laughs> That's probably the battle right there.
1: And then there. I, got, uh, I got Mickey D's thrown at me and then a uh, hole-in-the-wall donut's over there. So uh, I'm going to gain like nine pounds before we get out of here. Hey, you
2: you'll get seven, it's seven and a half big. pounds because I did eat one of those donuts I'm already. I'm
1: trying to lose a little after the uh, Thanksgiving uh, fiasco that was... Uh, Don't worry about it. Yeah, Christmas coming up. Oh man, the amount of food. Aaron and I were talking about in the hallway. I said there was just seven of us, and we all showed up with like fifty pounds of food apiece, and it was like, what? what? oh man. And then they all look at each other, going, "You're taking some of this home, right? Yeah, you're taking some of this home. You brought this.
0: (laughs) You brought this. Yeah, you're taking what I brought, though.
1: Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want. You don't want me to leave any of this here. No, 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 no. Just take it with you. No, that's fine. I think around one o'clock, I slipped into like a food coma. You know, just (laughs) ate too much.
2: I think that happened all across
1: America. Absolutely. I
2: I wasn't
0: bad this year.
1: I I tried to. Go slow. Oh, by the way, hi, good morning. I'm Braden Gunn. That's Glenn Kimmon. And that's Jonathan. Yes, we are all back, uh, you know, from our various uh, travels. Bill George is still up in Pennsylvania. I think he's on his way back. And I saw Carlos tweeted last night that he's on his way back. So that means they're probably both on their way back.
2: The mountain man. Since they're riding with each other. but yeah, uh, Somebody's probably on the luggage rack. <laughs> or, some,
1: or, or some critter, hopefully. Uh, but it was a really good Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a good break. Aaron, you did an awesome job on the uh, little yes. Best Of show on Saturday. Uh, I don't know what Bill George is going to do with that, but it was really nice. It was the one time I actually got to sit down and listen to the whole entire show from from start to finish without <laughs> no interruptions, no kids, no nothing. And uh, it was pretty awesome, man.
2: And you was able to sit there for three hours?
1: Yeah, well, it was one hour. Oh okay. We repeated it. Remember, like we do every year. Oh yeah, year. that's fine. <laughs> like In case you missed the over. first hour, we'll yeah. give it to you two and more. Again. hang on. If you miss last hour, it's coming up again this hour. So well, I'll maybe we'll it.
2: we'll try something for the uh, for Christmas this year. See if we could put some stuff together. And uh, I, I mean, it's every day is uh, something new is happening or developing. And of course, um, every time you turn on the TV or you turn on the radio and listen to this or that, and uh, with the everybody's agendas. Man, you, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's, it kind of goes with a
2: story I just read this past week. Um, and, of course, it's – Wade, he always tells me, "Well, Dad, why do you always talk about something that happened in another state? And it's kind of one of the things. Sometimes uh, what happens is a trend. It, well, we it, also
1: have listeners in other states. states. As well as other, exactly. country, <laughs> other but, countries.
2: you know, we always say, well, we don't care what happens up north or we don't care what happens over there. But the thing is, is if you – as an outdoors person, if you don't pay attention to what's going on around you, next thing you know, it just slipped hmm. up on you and you didn't realize it was even happening.
1: Yeah, well, I get a great example is uh, we see what happens with animal rights groups in other states and then uh, you follow the money and all of a sudden you find out who's backing the anti-beer uh, bear hunt initiative in Florida and the greyhound initiative on Amendment 13 and, and it's all out of state money. So, uh, you know, let's look at it this way. It affects us eventually. It's going to, and uh, it has in many, many different ways. What was the story that got Wade all bent out of show? Why are you talking about it? Either? It was just uh, when It's
2: just you just pick a topic. <laughs> what was about to say, mainly about. Much, it's it's mainly about shape. you know what goes on in, for instance, California. What goes on in Colorado? What happens in Wisconsin or Illinois? We don't care. And his his thoughts on it. Because he wants to hear what's going on in our state, he wants to protect what's happening in our no. state. But like I tell him, you got to, you really got to pay attention to what's going on around you, everywhere. Because you know somebody's idea when they move down to here, then next thing you know, they want to impose that, or they don't like. They bring that. their politics here. Exactly. It's like growing up in Florida all my life. Um, you know, airboats. It was always to me when I was a kid growing up, that was the coolest thing to hear at night when you was camping along the Kissimmee River down in Lorita uh fishhawk uh, or fish eating creek or whatever you hear that airboat i always thought man that's cool man i always want one i want to get one i want to go for a ride well i do too but you got to and now you get
0: charlie charlie no. call the people again out there on those boats so you with gotta the,
1: remember we grew up in a time where uh having an airboat with gentle ben was the coolest thing ever well you're uh, that's I, I, wanted correct. A, I wanted an airboat and a bear for my own <laughs> i did not move down here
0: from dorchester to hit an airboat every night y'all go out there and tell them six o'clock that's it yeah
1: i wanted a bear an airboat and my own dolphin i wanted my own flipper
2: yeah and that's pretty much uh but that's what happens you know you, you people come down and next thing you know everybody wants to live on the water which i don't blame them uh but you got to always remember too you know somebody else was doing something before you moved there it's kind of like my neighbor when he when he purchased the land around me, he come to me and introduced himself, and he said, "Whatever you was doing here, I don't want you to change. Keep doing what you've always been doing. I'm the new guy on the block."
1: While you were standing there naked,
0: I was about to say, "Are you crazy?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I like to go. No. do I like to pull weeds in the nude. Hey, so, no, uh, this was
0: loincloth day.
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you're lucky. But, I got a towel around me.
2: You know, but I have. Uh, when that guy said that you know i just it made me step back and think well you know what i got a lot of respect for that guy because he doesn't want to he didn't move in to change anything he moved in because he liked the scenery himself and he wanted to be a part of it so
1: yeah well it's like the people who move into those little ranchettes around uh, cattle ranches and then all of a sudden uh file lawsuits to make them stop uh having cows out there because of the smell in the summertime uh I, you know Remember we talked about that one, and that judge yeah. looked at the guy and says, Are you kidding me? <laughs> are, you, are you really? Seriously? Yeah, I'm throwing this out. you well, you know, I, you know. Thanks I for wasting you, my time. Exactly. I mean, but it happens all over the place, and I think that a lot of people these days with the connection with social media, we do have to care what happens because eventually it all trickles down on all of us. Uh, you know, a cheerleader shoots a giraffe in Africa, and all of a sudden we're all the bad guys, not just her. You know, over in another continent, it had nothing to do with the United States of America. And all of a sudden, it's bloodthirsty uh, hunters. They're all—all they're all they want is blood sport. They're out there to kill everything. And, and uh, you know what? I'll give you a great—I'll give you a great example. Here's a great example. I actually found this story yesterday, and uh, you know, we talked about Yellowstone, and I know that a lot of people were kind of miffed about the fact that uh, they were going to open it up for. Uh, Bears, and then all of a sudden there was lawsuits, and this, that, and the other thing, and everybody wanted to stop and kill every, you know, kill it, not let it happen, and all that kind of stuff. This is how attached, this is what's wrong with the human nature. Jonathan had a good point. When we came in this morning, he was talking about, uh, we were talking about the story that Jim Shockey uh, wrote about this past week. Uh young mother, and I can't remember how old the child is, but it was extremely Ten young, 10 months old. Uh, you know, they were out there in uh, Canada somewhere, and uh, in a cabin, this big monster giant grizzly bear decided to uh, break into the house and ended up killing both of them. No, they were River Territories. Uh, they kill both of them, and Jen Shockey uh, wrote this great long article. Actually, I think we have a link to it on our Facebook page. I think you shared it, and I think it's it's all over the place. But, uh, you know, everybody gets that little attitude. Well, while they moved in. The Bears were there first. They, they were there before you guys were. So, uh, you know, and there are people that are dancing in the blood of these two victims uh, saying these horrible things. And as Jonathan and I pointed out, I go, you know what, if I remember reading that black book, I think we were actually here before they were. <laughs> if you go back in time, uh, you know, when we were, uh, when uh, the good Lord decided to scoop us up out of the ground and, and mold us into what we are today, I think we were here first. Absolutely. So, uh, so dibs, and I guess that's the end of that argument.
2: Well, you would think, but then there's you would all, think,
1: yeah. But now here we go. Here's the headline. Look at it. I want you to see this. Famous Yellowstone wolf killed by hunter outside the park.
2: He shouldn't have come outside the park.
1: A gray wolf popular among uh, visitors at Yellowstone National Park has been killed by a hunter outside the park. The dark-colored female of the Lamar Canyon Pack, uh, categorized as, and this is how lovingly uh, they feel about their wolves, the name of the wolf is, 926F, affectionately known as, by people who see it, Spitfire, was shot last Saturday outside the Cook City, Montana. Abby Nelson, a wolf management specialist with the Montana Fish and Wildlife Service, said the animal was legally harvested during Mm -hmm. hunting season. News of 926F's death had saddened fans of the Yellowstone National Park, in part because members of the Lamar Canyon Pack, now get this, listen to this part, are somewhat accustomed to the presence of humans and often viewed from park roads. So, as with anything, you know they got fed by humans. You know that somebody threw them a sandwich or a Twinkie.
0: Can I I translate for that? Sure. So, what we're going to have happen here is this wolf that everybody thinks is cute and cuddly is going to let their toddler or their young child get out of the car and go take a picture with a wolf and then all of a sudden we're going to have a video of a pack of wolves ripping a kid apart
1: yeah and then they'll wonder why uh well this woman right here rachel uh they'll probably be the one who does that because in a post with on the love wolves facebook page she stated sad news coming out of yellowstone national park 926f was shot in montana's wolf trophy hunt I love how they always use that word yeah trophy hunt a 926f of the lamar canyon pack was the daughter of the famous 06 wolf that was killed by a trophy hunter another one as she left the safety of the uh, yellowstone national park boundary and thanks to the heartless trophy hunter 926f joins her mother in the spirit world cut down far too soon
2: well if it left the yellowstone park (laughs) what was the reason behind it did it leave because it was looking for more food Maybe uh, Yellowstone's not producing enough and
0: they have to travel outside yeah, that safe zone, as they call well, it. Well, they
1: do like to move around. Yeah, Absolutely. well,
0: they're moving out of Yellowstone because the problem is they've killed everything in Yellowstone and they're trying to find more food.
1: Exactly. They don't have Uber delivery, I don't think, for the wolves. But anyway, the Wolf Conservation Center criticized the state for allowing sport hunting. For Yellowstone area wolves, citing a recent study showing that the apex predators will generate millions annually in regional tourism revenue. Where have we heard that before? Remember that with the Goliath grouper? Millions uh, yeah, of dollars yeah, yeah. in revenue? Mm-hmm. Montana allows wolf hunting as a means of managing the state's overall wolf population and is considered it to be a stable uh, uh, crowd. Get this a license costs 19 bucks for residents, 50 bucks yep. for non residents. Hunting is not allowed inside the national park. Why do we pay
2: for all this money, uh, spend all this money to pay for that study to manage and maintain?
1: The most recent estimate of the population just inside the park, a minimum of 536 wolves, and that's 126 different packs. You don't tell me they're not eating an elk a day? An elk a day?
2: Absolutely.
1: I mean, that's crazy.
2: We got to take a break. We are Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feed and outdoors brandon ford we'll be right back
1: hey welcome back everybody it's the big and wild outdoors don't forget today what <laughs> today is the uh are, are we still taking registrations for the uh, wicked light yes we'll, 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 we're that? gonna
2: pull the name uh, at the eight o'clock hour
1: eight o'clock hour
2: yes and then we'll announce the winner at nine o'clock or we can just pull the winner at nine o'clock and give anyone who's listening an opportunity to call in this morning for the Rested in remaining hours.
1: Well, if you want to uh, get your last, uh, get your name in the hat at the last minute, all you gotta do is give us a call at eight 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 four zero four ten ten. That's eight 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 four zero four ten ten. All we need is your <clears throat> excuse me name and phone number, and we'll throw it in the little bucket there, and then we'll do a little shaky shake it and see if we can't give it away. It's a really nice one. It's the uh, it's the one that actually can be used either as a uh, firearm mount. Uh, you can put it on there on top of your rifle. And uh, Or you can use it as a handheld. It doesn't matter. It has three different color light switches on there, uh, red, white, and green. And you can just flick, flick, flick. And as you turn it off in red, it comes on in red. So you don't have to go flick, flick, flick all through the colors again to get back to the original. And you're Even though you them. can
2: because it is the holiday season. It's Christmas.
1: If you want to annoy your neighbor, <laughs> sure, go right out there and do it. But uh, selectable three colors in one, extremely long range. Uh, it's detachable with the mount. It comes with the mount. Uh, fits one inch and uh, 30 millimeter scope tubes, uh, zoom focus bezel, and it also has a limited lifetime warranty, and it's absolutely free. And you could win it just by calling in and uh, putting your name in the hat. That's uh, 888-404-1010. That's 888 888-404- Well, if you look on the side right 10. there,
2: it tells you how, what the range is on that light. Can you believe that?
1: 500 plus yards in white uh, for eye reflection. Useful beam distance, 400 yards runtime three hours yeah that's pretty good
2: white red or the green i like it 500 plus yards mm-hmm. well,
1: maybe we should put our names in there <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just want it because i want it uh also don't forget today is a uh, dirt simber going on out at bone valley atv park they're going uh full guns out there it's really all you have to do uh, it's a free day kind of sort of all you gotta do is bring a can of food per person It's pretty easy to do. doesn't matter what it is. It could be a pumpkin pie filler. It could be bread in a can. I don't care. Whatever it is, green beans, string beans, pork and beans, bring it out there, one for each uh, individual, and you get a free day to go out and ride. And if you bring an extra can and you walk over to the G5 tent, they'll let you go and test drive um, any of the vehicles that they brought out there. And they brought your little boy out there, the uh, Prowler.
2: That's a quiet little yeah. ride.
1: They brought that one out there. They brought the one. They brought Jonathan's out there. The big stampede. The six four seater. is does that called? six six seater? All I know is we showed about twenty people in that thing. And so <laughs> all right, now I you're... know I know it'll carry more than six. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had three adults across the front, three in the back, and then all the kids in the bed. Don't you remember? Yeah, At I the remember FFA thing. Uh, so if you want to head out there, Bone Valley today, it's going to be going on all, all pretty much all day. And uh, you can go out there and run around for free, and uh, go test drive for free. All it costs you is a can of food, so not really free, free, but it's pretty inexpensive.
2: Yeah, and all that canned food goes to help feed the people this time of the, time of the year here. That's right. So uh, it's, that's you're
1: helping what, out. That's what we need to do. Actually, it needs to be all year long, but this year, you know, we all get in the spirit, and phew, you know, it seems to jump on there. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the uh, poor little wolf that was killed by a trophy hunter. <laughs> Out there in Yellowstone National Forest. And uh, I just thought it was pretty funny because uh, Glenn brought up an interesting thing. Why was she outside the boundaries of Yellowstone? And you look at the population. Right. And don't forget, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Cecil the Lion also made it outside of the boundary of the invisible protection and was zone. was also,
0: to, in defense of that guy, was also taken legally. Legally.
1: legally. So, uh, you know, but that, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't mean anything. So, anywho, uh, Glenn was talking about, during the break, we were talking about conservation numbers and the amount of money that hunters bring into each and individual, each every state. And, of course, with the Pittman-Robinson Act and everything else that we spend billions of dollars on every year to fill the coffers back up, uh, there was a couple of articles that came out this past week about what would happen if there were no more hunters. And if the hunters have dwindled down to a certain point where it's not sustainable to keep doing conservation.
2: Yeah. What's going to happen. Uh, nobody really knows, but what normally happens, we'd though, have to
1: buy license plates.
2: What normally happens <laughs> though, is they increase something. They change something. They'll tax something else. Sure. And then of course, the people that are trying to do everything will be, they'll be screaming about, well, now my taxes are going up. But uh, as you and I and, and Jonathan know, and everyone who's listening pretty much knows that when you buy a hunting license or a fishing license, a majority of that money goes to funding and protecting habitat. That's right. And uh, yep. improving and, and, and sustaining a healthy herd of whatever the case is.
1: That's not counting the extra millions of dollars that we spend at Ducks Unlimited, Turkey Banquets, and uh, Elk Foundation, and various other little fundraisers every year.
2: And that's correct. And uh, But the story came out this past week uh, on Outdoor News about in Wisconsin, they were concerned about the future of hunting and uh, the conservation efforts and how they're going to sustain it. And uh, according to the the latest study for them, in 2017, 824,000 deer licenses were sold, and that's 50,400 fewer than 1999. And the projection is by 2030, uh, there's going to be less than 400,000. That's the projection, and it's the baby boomers.
1: In Wisconsin?
2: In Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, so – the money that they're going to lose here's what they're they're looking at right now before it gets to that point uh is increasing tax and putting a registration tax on all kayaks and canoes
1: oh yeah remember they were talking about that here and and in a couple uh, other states as well
0: oh wait what no whoa whoa whoa. wait a minute wait a minute are you trying to say that all outdoor people are connected in one way or another
1: Well, they're going to end up paying for it one way or another. Really? Oh, you mean yeah. the
0: crap that happens to the guys that go hunting? It actually affects the guys that go fishing.
1: Yeah,
2: know, eventually. In this uh, case, you know what uh, what they're but they're trying to prepare for uh, the future here of what the the shortcoming is. It's going to be uh, they they make about one point seven million dollars just on like the habitat stamps and stuff of like that and. Um, so that money, if you lose it, then what they're going to do, what they're having to do is look at other revenue, other avenues to, I guess, to make up the difference. Yep. And you say, well, what? that's 2030. A lot can happen between now and then. But if you think about it, you look across uh, the country and you look at the uh, federal uh, guys who do all the data to put it all together. And uh, so I started researching a little bit more just to see what Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, uh, what the numbers were. On that and the projections that we have here in the state, but uh, one of the things I do, Brayden, I know you're pretty, uh, you're a pretty smart guy. Mm. You, you you read a lot. So, mm-hmm. how many hunting licenses do you think the state of Florida sells on an annual basis? To residents or just overall? Uh, residents.
1: I'm going to say probably around five hundred thousand. Eh, if
2: no, you're about two hundred thousand shy.
1: Below or up?
2: Below. Below. Really? So 700,000? Yeah. No. I said you're below. It's lower than that.
1: It's lower than 500,000? Yes. 300,000. In
2: 2016, the state of Florida sold 363,794 licenses. So
1: about 150,000 shy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In in 2017, Florida sold 367,277. So it went up 4,000 licenses. And then. 2018, here's the numbers, 313,554.
1: So we're down 50 grand. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know why? People are going to Georgia and Alabama. Well, there you go. (laughs) That's that's exactly what I was
2: thinking. Well, I got a lot of friends who do that. So guess what? Alabama, in 2016, they sold, here's your number, 567,703. Right. Their out of state non resident license, they sold 36,340.
1: Well, that's almost uh, our numbers right there. So the other 20,000 went to Georgia.
2: (laughs) Man, you're hitting it pretty good. Ah. 2017, it went from Alabama was 549,221. And of course, their non residence was Mm
1: 38,465.
2: In 2018, Alabama, guess what?
1: went down
2: you think it went up or down
1: uh wait last year yes it went down
2: it's been on a decline in 2016 they sold 567 2017
1: 549 and in 2018 542 you know what i i, I hate to That's uh, thousand. i don't i want I, i'm going to give you other reasons it's not because you don't want to but you know the economics uh Economically, everything else. When you look at gas prices and everything that were last year, what it costs to uh, be able to go and drive and do all that stuff, it's an expensive uh, adventure to go out and do that. If you think about it, a trip to Missouri to go kill a couple of deer, on average, if you fly and rent a car to a, it's about three grand. And, it's you expensive.
2: Know, there's no doubt. I mean, got to you got you to gotta have a passion.
1: You do for
2: uh, it in order to really enjoy the expense
1: and if you're going to do it here in the state then uh you know you're you get people all the time like man i don't want to drive all the way up to it's six hours land, to get uh, up there does
0: that tie back into the land access thing that you and bill were going about a certain company in a, yeah, yeah, a couple of well, weeks when we ago. come back i'm going to ask you a couple of questions
1: oh on, here we go
2: if it, with the decline of everything else there is a couple of states that's on the increase and we'll i'll ask you that when we get back we are being a wild outdoors brought to you by g5 feed and outdoors brandon ford we'll be right back
1: Yes. Welcome back everybody It is the Big and Wild Outdoors By the way I must say Erin your hair looks fetching today I like the uh, color The addition of the uh, What are we going with that? Is that fuchsia? Is that fuchsia? Is that where we're going with fuchsia? Yeah it started out a purple, pink Now it's a little fuchsia A little fuchsia Matches her shoes Are you uh, getting that all geared up For <clears throat> the ukulele uh, festival Something Going on down in St. Petersburg today? No, no, oh, no. Uh, oh sorry. Thought maybe your you're going to be in the front row, you know, head banging on the ukuleles. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's an actual ukulele festival.
1: Yeah, there's oh, one going on there awesome. down there today. Yeah, there's going to be nine thousand different versions of "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" happening today, I guess. But um, before the break. Glenn was filling up with uh, numbers. He, uh, You know, once he gets in that pit bull mode where he starts going, you know what? I want to know what it's He's going He's got to be the
0: numbers guy today. We're the hotheads.
1: Well, you know, that's a good thing. because It's different you look, from any
0: other day, but I mean.
1: Look at his hard work. These are handwritten notes here, man. This is not something he just printed off of some dang website. This kid actually sat down and did the research and uh, did some comparisons and saw that uh, state licensing is down in a lot of states, but in, up in others as well. And I I, I I, find it very fascinating and funny that everybody hates the hunters until all of a sudden they realize that the hunters pay for just about every single thing you do when it comes to uh, parks and recreation, when it comes to habitat restoration, when it comes to saving whatever it is that you want to save. Unless, of course, you bought the panther license plate which, or the manatee one, which <clears throat> is saving thousands of lives every single year, I'm sure. Um, you know, those things seem to help a little bit. And when Glenn pointed out the fact that uh, a state like Wisconsin is going, well, the number of hunters are down, so we're going to have to look at other ways to generate revenue so that we can do, keep these conservation efforts up. And I'm not talking about just keeping deer populations, but also habitat for everything else, or I don't know, fighting the invasive carp that are uh, uh, invading the lakes and all those things like that. There's um, more to it than just that The
0: fires in California
1: yeah fighting that what do they
0: what do you think a lot of these four i mean a lot of your forestry a lot of your research you biologists everything else that you go to what i mean people don't understand this is what that money funds is for things of that nature
1: i really think that you got a good point there i think that you know what if you want to get somebody and see how much of an impact hunters actually have in this state as we play on this show let's just do a five dollar tax on every stand-up paddle board in the state of florida to be able to use the recreational waters and the waterways of Florida and enjoy it, what five dollars is not that much of an expense, right?
0: And how how much bucks howling year? will happen when they say well, when you can't th- tax the water. That's not your water to tax. It's but not whenever the water, you, it's the boat. But you gotta
2: always remember when you do five dollars this year in a couple of years, next thing you know it now oh, well everybody seemed to be happy about spending five dollars. Let's go ten.
1: Or go seven. you know, then, we gotta go up in there next it, thing it.
2: you know it's twenty five. Yeah. So but to go back to uh, what we were talking about. In the state of Florida, though, added a hunting license, and this includes all the non-resident licenses as well as any permits, your management stamps, whatever else. They generate $8,874,000 this past year. Uh, but in Alabama, as we were talking about, the numbers were going down from the 2016 to 2018. Uh, their annual gross off of their hunting is eleven million eight hundred and one.
1: Well, they got a lot of our hunters too, I think, this year.
2: And of course, Georgia, do you think that state's gone down in uh, numbers?
1: Uh, as a number of hunters or number of revenue?
2: Hunters and revenue.
1: Uh, I think I'm going to say it stayed pretty stable. I don't think they lost too many. Georgia's pretty consistent.
2: Check this out. Okay. Total number of licenses sold in Georgia. One million two hundred and
1: ninety nine
2: thousand five hundred and thirteen. Yeah, okay. 100. That's
1: residence tags. Yeah. Like I said.
2: One million two hundred and ninety nine thousand. Um that's that's residents in the state of Georgia that hunt. Out of state license, take a guess. One
1: hundred thousand.
2: Hundred and fifty six thousand nine hundred and thirteen. Now these are in twenty sixteen. Uh the twenty eighteen numbers, do you think it went down or up?
1: Uh uh, non-resident went down residents stayed about the same
2: residents went down down it all went down no residents went down uh by 2000
1: oh wow okay so they might have been sick that day
2: yeah. <laughs> 1,297,350 resident licenses were sold in 2018 and 166,091 non-resident license.
1: okay so uh, really, it didn't change that much. Like I said, they're pretty non-residents went up. Yeah,
2: yep. everything went up except for the residential sales in the state of Georgia.
1: Well, you know, them guys had to work. Some. <laughs> so the yeah. annual
2: the annual gross was thirteen million seven hundred fifty nine thousand seven sixty five. So, what you was talking about earlier in the other and before the break was well, that's because those people left Alabama and went to Georgia, or those folks left Florida and went to Georgia to mm-hmm. hunt. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of people in this state who do go to Georgia and Alabama to hunt on an annual every year and spend a lot of money in doing so.
1: Exactly. So wow. if
2: you take away all that revenue, that's just for the, the hunting. And this, the numbers will be out this coming week for the fishing, the annual report for the uh, the fishing, how much money is spent. I look for Florida to really uh, blow that out of the water, per se. Yeah, there's a as, lot of people come yeah, here to fish. Yeah. It's kind of reversed. The people that are in the northern states will come to Florida to fish, and we go north to do our hunting
1: yeah it's a good trade
2: i like I, it i'm in for that well Jonathan Whoa. went
1: up north to hunt deer he went up north to hunt deer didn't go up to go and do any fishing but, <laughs> but as far as
2: your kentucky goes yeah yes they're on the increase uh the numbers of non-resident uh hunters are coming into kentucky the number of money is generated 17 million dollars on an annual is basis a new but illinois yeah.
0: Do you know uh
1: but you know we've been talking about kentucky for years on this show and saying. It's the hidden gem and all that stuff. And as a matter of fact, I do have a story about but Kentucky. Well, before you
2: get there, what do you think the number one state is that produces the most money <laughs> and has the most hunters?
1: Um, I'm going to say it's got to be either Michigan or Illinois.
2: I'm kind of curious to see what the fishing comes out in the state of Florida to see if it even comes close. And I'm sure it will. But Colorado yeah. has increased every year since the reporting has started. Elk.
0: Mule deer. They have the. They're one of the few states that you have just about three to four species of deer. There's only four
2: hundred and fifty nine thousand residential tags uh, licensed sold and one hundred nine thousand non residents. But it generates. $57,000,000. Fifty-seven million.
1: Because it's expensive. Fifty-six
2: thousand five hundred and ninety-five dollars. Well, oh no, the sad part is, is, they're not one of the most expensive ones to
1: go. But to you buy. have the point system there, so you're still throwing money at it, but yet you're not getting anything in return. Mm-hmm.
2: Fifty-seven million dollars in 2018 off of hunting permits, tags, elk tags. What less,
1: pe- less hunting and less tags than Georgia. Absolutely. And they're still making, what was Georgia, million. $14 but million? Had,
0: Hey, but they have elk, just like we have Osceola So turkeys, Kentucky. Just
1: like
2: we. <laughs> can so you does imagine Pennsylvania. If, if Colorado could sell one million two hundred ninety
0: six hunting license. Right. But you can't walk in, in Kentucky and Pennsylvania and basically buy an elk tag over the counter.
1: Well, I thought you could, you could only do that with a guide service in Colorado. No. I mean, you gotta go they got to go on the point Public, land, public you
0: got, land, you can go buy a tag. like you said, you can said, go you buy can, a tag right now. For public land, if the season's open.
1: And then walk out with a spike or a cow? Yeah. Or? Well,
0: New Mexico is pretty much the same way.
1: Wait a minute. What happened to all this whole point system where you have to uh, put in and you have to apply for a permit and you have to do all this other stuff? And if you don't get chosen, then...
0: Because what the numbers man right here has just put out there, when the numbers of hunters go down, they don't have... There's You can't... If you have 100,000 tags and you got a million people applying for them, then yeah, you're going to have a lottery system. But when you have, it's like Glenn just said, as the numbers dwindle down to the point to where you really don't have the number of hunters coming in there to buy, to put, apply Illinois. Perfect example. You've hunted in Illinois how many years? Eh, About six. six. I, I mean, I started there. Illinois was the first deer Mecca that I went to when we took over at Arrowhead. And I remember the first year you had to apply and get drawn To get a tag. Now, you could walk into any shop or anything there that has tags and buy one right (laughs) over the counter. There you go. I mean.
1: Well, you know, speaking of Kentucky, I was going to give you the numbers for it. Uh, This came out this past week. A record number uh, of deer were taken out of Kentucky. A new record. 106,797 deer were taken over. How many? 106,797 deer were taken out of Kentucky. Uh, That's.
2: How's that a new record because that sounds like a norm
1: cuz it was done in 16 days. <laughs>
2: that ain't even make it a dent.
1: 16 in days.
2: 16 day hunt.
1: It actually ended oh uh it ended on November 25th topping the previous record of uh, 2015 by almost 1400 deer. They said they anticipated an increase in harvest of the season due to several changes in the deer regulations. Uh, The Kentucky Wildlife Commission proposed the regulation changes after several meetings with deer hunters, officials, and other stakeholders across the state. The changes included expanding the modern gun deer season to 16 days statewide. Just by adding the additional six hunting days in some areas, uh, those numbers jumped up 1,400. Now, here's what's funny. While the harvest for the season's first 10 days was average compared to the recent years, there was a significant increase in the final six days thanks to the statewide expansion. Yep. Obvious to hunters, they took advantage of it. In the last six days of the season, 25,553 deer were checked in. (laughs) Ten-year average for the last six days of modern gun season before this was 15,429. So they went out there and uh, filled
0: some freezers, they baby, filled some freezers.
1: Well, we got six days left there. Let's get out in the woods. That's what they did. And uh, we said it for years, man. Kentucky is a hidden jewel. And uh, maybe it'll take some pressure off Illinois for a while and get them as a chance to grow. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. He was out there playing around out in the dirt today out at uh, Bone Valley. So go and see him. And, of course, our good folks and friends out there at uh, Brandon Ford.
2: And welcome back. and <laughs> wild outdoors. Yeah, Aaron threw you a curve in that one, buddy. What are you talking about? Yeah, she turned them. She queued them up. She got you. She got you. Stop talking. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. To,
1: I'm trying to sign Christmas cards that you can hand me this pile of 8,000 here. And uh, I'm trying to. Uh, well do you doing as a good thing? As I can. Uh, you know, before the break, we were before we get out of here. I wanted to tell you get
2: out of here. You're ready to leave already at the
1: top of the hour. Oh, okay. Just uh, you were talking about not having enough hunters out there to hunt deer, and the numbers came out of Vermont, and we've talked about Vermont before, didn't they? That's where. Am I not mistaken, Jonathan? That's where they filmed that uh, that really horrible, horrible New archery York. show. That was New York where those guys were always out in somebody's were, backyard yeah. by the pool or something new or york or? new york new jersey yeah and that and, show really uh, didn't
2: do any any conservationist any kind of outdoors person <sighs> any justice whatsoever
1: i was that was one show i was glad to see you know go the way of the dodo i mean but hey
0: if i could sit in somebody's lounger by their pool and whack a 10 point i mean
1: i thought it was yeah, in massachusetts or somewhere but the thing is in is,
0: Massachusetts? well but, that's but they were just the, really not ethical hunters no well, but the thing about that's the whole thing about that with that back the backyard hunting I mean, that's how they have to do it in those areas.
1: Well, you're going to get to do more of it up in Vermont, apparently, because uh, their wildlife officials are trying to figure out how to reduce the overabundance of deer in the suburban and uh, other areas of the state. It seems that the little babies are getting out oh, of... You,
0: you mean they don't want to do the go out of the New York, Michigan and all that and do the... million a deer.
1: That doesn't seem to be working. It says, uh, as of right now, they are so overcrowded and it's starting to impact the deer's health. Damaging forests and causing property owners to complain about the animals chopping down their landscape. Mm -hmm. Vermont has an estimated deer population of only, I think this is so funny, 155,000. Uh, likely the highest amount in a couple of decades as a result of these severe mild winters, several mild winters, and fewer hunters, fewer areas to hunt. And the state hopes to control the suburban deer uh, by expanding archery hunting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I love it. We, I think that if we have more... Hunters will have more than enough hunters to control the deer population and will, as we continue to lose them over the next decade, uh, as we continue to lose them over the next decade, what you were talking about, uh, the challenge is that there are a lot of places where hunters aren't allowed to go. Mm -hmm. That certainly was the case on Friday. I love this story. This past Friday, when a doe and fawn ended up in a woodworking shop in Morrisville. It was
2: cold outside.
1: Uh, their local television reports that, uh, Paul Green was working with his buddy Douglas in the workshop when a doe ran through the door, then crashed through the window to get back outside. A few minutes later, the fawn ran in and out. And while the mother crashed in and out the other room in another building, it eventually ran off and nature took its course because the doe ran right in front of a dump truck and was killed.
2: Kind of like the picture my brother just sent me from uh, the dough just, he got in what, what state, Pennsylvania?
1: In Pennsylvania. Uh, Tore up the
2: front end of his uh, new truck. We,
1: which we reported down like a week or so ago that it's still I think well, it's like number one for deer uh, crashes in the uh, entire state.
0: Uh, but, actually, it was uh, uh, West Virginia.
1: West, for, yeah, and it sorry, all go, West Virginia, And
0: it all goes time back in together because it's just like we're sitting here talking about how the hunters, you know, the impact – just let's just use the buzzword the impact of everything you take the hunters away the deer populations boom then you have a situation like that to where the deer are going to run out in front of somebody get hit and then guess what <gasps> your insurance premiums are going to go up
2: well one thing is out of all this that's been said one of the things that did come out of wisconsin that was a positive women have increased by thirty thousand uh licenses in that state
1: that's all over the place that's not just there
2: Oh and that's and that's a good is thing. Steve
0: did Mr. Austin coming in today. Uh,
1: maybe he, he said
0: that and that just triggered something for me. You're I had triggered. a lady who did triggered. It, I had a lady that we I had this discussion with her about you know, we had our discussion about posting pictures on Facebook and everything else. And the lady actually said to me verbatim, she's like, I've always been interested in hunting. She said, but my reasoning for not doing it or anything else is she said, nobody took the time to explain it to me or nobody has taken the time to engage with me or I've not, she doesn't see the passion with the hunting that she does from the other side.
1: Yeah. Well, that's easy to do. Get her out there and let her shoot. I I I told her,
0: I'm like, I said, uh, we do hog hunts. Unfortunately right now, half the hogwoods are flat. So go for it. You know, after that, it's easier to see them, though, with the trees up. Yeah, you think. can shoot them from farther away. <laughs> but of course, they got a lot more to hide behind. We got long range hunts. <laughs> I,
1: but. I was going to save this for my uh, Pennsylvania hunting report because I'm Bill sorry. Jackson, I had to get
0: that in because I thought about you guys when she said that.
1: Because uh, uh, Bill's not here. But uh, right here deer related crashes spike in Pennsylvania. And your brother just whacked one with his this tractor morning. trailer. State Farm estimates deer vehicle collisions have decreased slightly to just 1 million. Point thirty three million from one point three thirty four million nationally between twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. See, there's
2: a lot of people don't even realize they're hunters.
1: Uh, Yeah, they've gone up in Pennsylvania though to one hundred and forty four thousand seven hundred and seventy seven. Now seventy eight. Make that seventy eight from the previous year, which was one hundred and forty one thousand one hundred and forty five. What a lot of
2: wasted venison!
1: And the game commission says that. uh, Amen, brother. Now here's what's funny. The Wildlife Commission says that it's actually a wildlife management area unit known as 4D, which is part of Union and Snyder Counties, and Wildlife Management Unit 3E. They're saying that the vast majority of those have an over or an increased estimated deer population in uh, a one-year increase went from 60, estimated 63,000 to over 100,000.
2: Well, I thought well, you would think they would just increase the, the number of deer quoted there or, or extend the season.
1: And now, you know, what's really funny is that's exactly how they do it because they keep a track system up there and they know and they go, you know what, we have this many deer in there. So we get to issue more tags in those areas to try to reduce the population. Oh, you mean they, from, actually, they use data? Yeah. To keep from uh, deer running out and, and causing accidents.
2: Um, that's good management.
1: It is. <laughs> good management for State Farm, good management for the uh, mom and uh, kid who are trying to get out and go Christmas shopping without crashing into a deer. I know and mine it, went up. It's all good for everybody. They Blame also, it on the deer. They said they also saw a continuing trend from another uh, MU, management unit, uh, up from 62000 to 70000 <laughs> And so they're saying that since they're showing a trend of all these things going up, they are going to allocate more hunting licenses this year. And that's the way you do it. Hmm. And that's how you use your information. But but I'll
0: play, I'll do the Bill George statement, but they use data. They didn't, they didn't, I mean, (laughs) it it blows my mind. And and I had this conversation with somebody too, who is um, the anti-persuasion. I told them. I said, it blows my mind that you guys, you sit there and you watch a lion in Africa, wolves in Montana or anything else. I said, and they catch stuff and they either asphyxiate it, break its neck or rip it to shreds. And you're okay with that. I said, but yet on the flip side of it, you want me to go. You don't want me to go out there, make a clean, quick, ethical shot. And in 30 seconds, it's over.
1: I mean, you got to remember, these are the same people who were. Uh, cheering the fact that you had a missionary, a young man who decided to go to an Island <clears throat> and try to bring uh, the Bible to these uh, people. And uh, they don't want anything to do with the outside world. So what do they do? They, they kill this individual and yeah. leave him on the beach. And everybody's like, well, they don't want you there. And then and they have that right. It's their property. It's their sovereign Island. They don't want any outside influences. They're all good with that. You yeah. know, you should, you should support them. There there's, they don't want the guy out there, so why wouldn't they be able to kill him? But yet they want everybody at the border to be able to come across and come into the United States.
2: Yeah, it's double standard.
1: It is. <laughs> Wait, You can kill a guy for getting on your island, but you can't stop them from coming in here illegally. Yeah, I got you. Okay, I got you. That's that makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense. It's the same thing, Jonathan. It's the same double standard. It's, well,
0: can uh, I say one thing on a happy note? Sure. To Eddie. Congratulations for your grandson. We're happy for you, buddy.
1: Wait, Eddie he actually got out of a tree and uh, came back down for the birth of a grandkid. Yes. Well, good for him, man. That's awesome for the
0: birth for the birth of a grandkid. And he said to uh, watch Florida beat Florida State. So that's
1: yeah. oh really. There you go. You know, it's sorry, it's a, Aaron. Uh, I heard he's going to name it Braden. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> pretty awesome. Well, man.
2: he's got to see if his son and daughter-in-law allow that to happen. I
1: thought that's a good name. You should go with it.
2: We are big and wild, top of the hour, brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll be right back.